You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that if you're going to be making any purchases on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Zazzle.com, please go to www.9to5.cc first and click the links in the sidebar or at the bottom of the page to support the site. It makes no difference to you, but it really helps us out a lot. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Welcome, Welcome every- everyone to the 143rd hour of the 9to5 entertainment system. What do we talk about in this hour, y'all? Uh, we talk about Mr. Dynamite, the movie. Then we talk about Baywatch, the movie. <laughs> then we talk about the movie The Bad Batch. And then we go on to talk about Keith's experiences with the SNES. John hates them. I do. And then we talk about Overcooked and how it's just like Ender's Game. Then we talk about Exit the Game. We talk about Earth 2. We talk about the mechanic. We talk about Princess Mononoke and Gone in 60 Seconds, the original. I believe we talk about Planet Earth 2, not Earth 2, the Gene Roddenberry oh, yes, series. Yes, All this and more on the 9 to 5 Entertainment System. Now I'm recording. Maybe it's too edgy. Too edgy for TV. Too hot for TV. Hey, Montreal. I guess internet. (laughs) It's 9 to 5 Entertainment System, and it's Thanksgiving morning. Uh Uh-huh. It's Thanksgiving afternoon. How y'all doing, guys? I'm doing great. I saw a wicked documentary yesterday. Wicked documentary? Wicked documentary. You saw Mr. Dynamite. I did see Mr. Dynamite. Oh, uh, I thought it was a documentary about the Broadway musical Wicked. I'm like, that would have been very interesting. Would it have? I missed seeing Wicked. Was it it's, good? It's probably the only Broadway musical I've ever seen. <laughs> really? We you haven't seen Cats? No. Or like some... some. Is this another ploy to try to get me to sing more parts of Cats? I really, that happen? I do not want that to happen. <laughs> I want that above all else not to happen. <laughs> I'm ready. Angelicals can. Angelicals do. No. I've never seen Cats. That's so weird, man. It's basically that for like two hours. People who thought that watching people prance around in cat costumes and sing songs about being cats, like if that kind of person was to make a theater Broadway thing. It's so weird because it just sounds like something that I would have just come up with like really high. There's alley cats and they sing at each other and then a spaceship shows up. It's great. Exactly. That's it. (laughs) It's not great. It's terrible. The songs are very catchy. No, though. they're not. Mm. They're catchy if you like musicals. They're terrible. It's like, all... like no, I've never seen Hamilton. I've never seen Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, no I've Hamilton. never. What do you mean, no one's seen Hamilton? I feel like that's one of the most seen musicals. Yeah, no, but I'm just saying, but it's like super sold out. The Book, Book of Mormon, I've never seen. Yeah, musicals yeah. that I've seen. I've seen most of the Andrew Lloyd Webbers. I've seen like Les Mis. Hold I've on, seen hold on. Did that mean anything to you? Andrew Lloyd Webber, like... The... I mean, I know of him. What, is, what has he done? His body of work is like, when you think musicals, like, you're basically... Most people have uh-huh. seen Andrew Lloyd Webber music. So, like, what? Name one. Cats. Okay. Phantom of the Opera. Okay. Miss Saigon. Les yeah. Miserables. Yeah. Uh, he has another one. Oklahoma. No, I don't think so. But I'm just saying, but, like, those are four big ones right off the bat. Like, like Cats, Phantom of the Opera, Les Miserables. Yeah, like, yeah, Those yeah, are, like, yeah, top, big... top-tier musicals in terms of, like, sure. things. Like I said, Miss Saigon, he did. There's another one also. Evita. Evita, yeah, exactly. Evita's also. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was that got turned uh, into a movie. I, I think Angela Webber also did Joseph and His Technicolor Dreamcoat, which I've also uh, seen. Yeah. yeah, I've seen a lot of musicals, guys. Huh. I've also seen Book of Mormon. That's like super fun. I've also seen. That's the South Park guys. Trey Parker, Mastodon. Yeah, yeah, Trey Parker yeah. and Mastodon yeah. made the. Uh, I walked by it with uh, Sophie that time we were in New York together. I've also seen Evil Dead, the musical. Oh, I saw okay, that. I did yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was there you go. You guys are already in. Foot uh, in the door, foot in the door, in the <laughs> wide world of musicals. I'm so mad. At Sarah, because I was like, 
I grew up listening to a lot of musicals because my mom always played musical soundtracks like around the house. Like that was like her like cleaning the house music or mm-hmm. like cooking music. She would just put on soundtracks to musicals. Mm-hmm. So and that's a reason why I a know a bunch of them by heart and b have seen a bunch of them. She also made you watch figure skating, right? <clears throat> yeah. Well, I don't think she made me watch watch figure skating. There was just one TV mm-hmm. on, and she liked to watch figure skating a lot. Mm-hmm. So that's about the most risque thing Keith could watch is growing up in the house. Exactly. I was all like, if I if I close my eyes and kind of squint a bit, maybe they're not tights. They're just bare legs. They're just bare legs instead of nylons. <laughs> now pick her up and spin her through the you air. You shut the hell up. You had scrambled porn just like the rest of us. Not till way later. Really? Like, I mean, you, you don't get yeah. scrambled porn on bunny ears, man. Sure you did. Nope. What? No. How did it be scrambled? You'd get blue nuit. That would be like you ba- you'd barely was, able to catch that it. That wasn't scrambled. Yeah. That was like fuzzy. Okay, it wasn't scrambled. It was just badly received. Yeah, but. it was exactly fuzzy. Yeah. But yeah, no, I was like, we really had like just like literally bunny ears sitting on top of it. It wasn't mm-hmm. until basically high school when we got cable. But uh, all that to say, yeah, musicals, you guys. So yes. that is totally that, not, that not is. even close to Mr. Dynamite, <laughs> which is what I was going to talk about. I've also seen uh, Rock of Ages. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Keep going, buddy. <laughs> You saw, but you know, it's music. James Brown. So he, um, I didn't know that much about James Brown. I mean, you know him by reputation as a legend. Man, the more you learn, the worse it gets. Cultural icon, which was fascinating. Well, that's like my big complaint about this that we're going to get to is that like his, his like, the, the movie is, is about his rise and not about his fall. And his fall was fairly dramatic. And then the more you learn about him as a person, he's like this fascinating character. And the document documentary doesn't really have like the courage to get into it. So at the start, he was like incredibly anti-drugs. He kicked people out of his band. Bootsy Collins. Yeah. Kicked him out for doing LSD and, and doing a totally fine show. You know, like it was. It yeah, because Bootsy Collins. Bootsy Collins did nothing but LSD. Right. Like, no, I'm just saying like that was like his working mode. Like, right. He probably recorded a bunch of stuff and then James caught him. But then <laughs> in his later years, he turned heavily into Angel Dust yep. and beat his, his his multiple wives very, very terribly. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the documentary just like wanted to talk about the good stuff, which I guess is okay. But, you know, he's been dead since 2006. I think it's okay to talk about the, the dark stuff also. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it did not do that. That's kind of a bummer. I really, yeah. I hate it when documentaries pull punches like that like i mean like like i said we, we the, saw uh, the oasis one did that yeah they're just like and then they became the biggest band in the world and nothing Credits. bad happened <laughs> all hotel rooms were fine yeah <laughs> what but yeah exactly uh, life after death from above was a huge bummer for Absolutely. that like like just yeah. like uh pull like just being like yeah and then they drank and partied a lot winkity wink you know and you're just sort of like yo it was Death from above 1979. Yep, they were just, just Gotta drinking. say more than that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the exact same, like, not exact same thing, but I mean, uh, I watched um, Epically Latered on Bad Margera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where, I watched where, that too. Where yeah. It's good, but it, but it again really is like drinking was the problem. And I'm like, that I'm sure was part of the problem. Right. But like in no way does it really reference the drugs that this kid and, got into. Yeah. You know, like, and you're sort of like, why, if you're like, the whole point of it is like, oh. So made in, a mess of his life and it's a redemption story. In both of those cases, I understand it because the the artist is still alive and capable of adding to their legacy. Yeah. In James Brown's case, he is not. And maybe the story the, has been written. You know, maybe the estate wouldn't like okay all the archival footage if they went that dark. They you know? could, they still could have done it without access. There's to no that way stuff. that there's no way that the estate owns all the archival footage. No, no but I'm sure about a lot of it. Like, I'm sure if there's... No, I'm James sure... Brown was on TV Yeah, but I'm sure a lot. lot. If you wanted I, I concert performances... I haven't seen the documentary yet. Yeah. Saying, but if there's all, like, weird candid interviews and stuff like that, man, you might... They might own a there, lot of There were stuff. some good interviews with um, one, some of his singers and, like, people who were in his band who, like, got into the stuff where it was like, you, you'd fuck up a single note in your playing on mm-hmm. stage with him, and in the middle of a present... Of, in the middle of a show, he would look at you and then start 
going with his fingers, flashing the number of dollars you just cost yourself out of your night's pay for Uh missing a single note, which was in everybody's contract. He was like this insane, insane dude. Halfway through, so he's he's on his like meteoric rise to power as he's going up. Halfway through, his band is like all of the bandmates get together, and there's like 15 of them or whatever, right? Because he has a big big section, and 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 they're like, look, we love working with you. We need the following changes. The fucking the salary needs to be adjusted, whatever. And he's like, fuck you all. You're all fired, and replaced literally everybody he (laughs) he like rose up with with these new guys, including Bootsy Collins and like that was his second generation band yeah, yeah. and they were like he will just fucking fire us for nothing so so he kind of got away with being an asshole to everybody around him his whole life yeah. so one of one of his big lines was like you, your dad walked out on you well fuck you my mom walked out on me like he everybody in his life walked out on him when he was a little kid he was yeah. like literally a shoeshine boy paying his own way through life at age seven. Yeah. And so like, you can understand the kind of like fractured genius that came out of it. Yeah. You know, the genius is there because of the legacy that he's left in, in terms of like his public works and also in terms of his music. And then they don't fucking talk to one of his wives. You don't get any of like, how dark was this man? You know, yeah, exactly. it's just you, don't get the, you don't get like the downside of that yeah. Like, broken life. Yeah. Of that yeah. broken life. You're like, he so, used that and he, you know, like, yeah, he was a bit of a jerk to his band, but boy, did he make great music and then did nothing bad. Right. So, <laughs> so, you know, it's like a, f- it's not the whole story. And you're like, why did I just watch all of this? And so, sure, some of that stuff was there, but it, it very much left more questions than it answered. So mm-hmm. I was very disappointed. No. But at the same time, like, I didn't know that much about him. And it was, and it was a good story. So yeah. that was worth checking out. And that's, it's, it's, it's it on a, Netflix right now. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. it a made for Netflix? Is it Netflix produced? Or is it just, uh, uh, you know, I should know this and I do not. Did you guys? Did you I guys don't watch? think I don't think that it was made for Netflix because I know um, Mick Jagger was the pr- was the main pr- driving force producer behind it, and um, I doubt that he would have. It was like know. since two, 2013 he's been working on it. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Netflix has all kinds of money. That's man. true. If they're, if they're like pulling in Baz Luhrmann and stuff on whatever, like yeah, is yeah, Mick, Mick Jagger gonna like turn down Netflix money? It's like they're the they're Mick the Jagger s- turn down whatever the fuck he wants to exactly, but he'll <laughs> yeah. take whatever the hell he wants to. do. No, yeah. but you know what I mean. It's like like Netflix is now has like the same buying power I think of talent as like HBO or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like if. We'll see. Didn't they, sure. Aren't they just... I feel like they got a Scorsese thing that they're working on. Definitely. They, um... I feel like a Scorsese is attached to a Netflix production. Oh, yeah. No, right. so he's working on George Harrison's documentary. Right. Four hours about George. Future George Harrison. <laughs> Four hours. Martin Scorsese. I mean, that kind of makes sense. George Harrison did... He did a lot. Uh, so, um, it's... I'm, I'm like a third of the way through it right now. It's just, it's slow, you know? And it's like Martin Scorsese being like, I'm doing a very serious documentary. So there's like no Scorsese in it at all. It's just very naked footage, you know? Yeah. Um, That's kind of cool, though. It is. It's totally worth checking out, but it's a slow burn. Did you guys watch your, your Netflix homework assignment? I sure I did. did. Wait, Netflix? Bad Batch. I watched Baywatch. Man, I am so <laughs> into talking about the Bad Batch. Damn it. Let me tell you. <laughs> With The Rock and Zac Efron. Yes. No. Bad Batch. Did you not watch Bad Batch? Really? I, I really did watch Baywatch. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, I, I know. I, I'm not. I, I, I did not think that was a lie, but maybe you watched Bad Batch and Baywatch. The look on your face. No. no. I hate you so much, Scott. I watched Baywatch twice. So <laughs> <laughs> I put it on again. Okay. So do you want to hit? Do you want to talk about? I feel like we, we didn't wanna... we talk about Baywatch? That it was like a terrible failure, wasn't fun. No, I heard it was okay. Really? It was oddly hysterical and bad when it was supposed to be bad. Huh? Are we? It right? was weird. Zac Efron is supposed to play the new guy to the the Baywatch team, and they're all kind of like shitting on him because he the he doesn't guy. have the commitment to the team to like protect the bay. Uh huh. The bay. Don't call like, it that. What well, do you What do you do if you see someone's you know stealing? From the beach, all these these sand grifters. Call the cops. Call the cops. 
No. <laughs> oh, look at this guy. <laughs> Apparently, that, that's like a huge running joke is like the, the cops are just always just sort of like, you're lifeguards. What are you doing? Why is this? Please stop Why are this. you trying to solve murders? On, this, we're cops. You just happen to this work. This is our job. Yeah, exactly. You happen to work on the beach in a town where a murder happened. It doesn't give you jurisdiction. This is my jurisdiction. No, it's not. Like Apparently, that's like just like a running, running but, joke. But I, the fact that that is what's made the outsider the outsider that he won't buy into this insane reality that these five <laughs> characters have created for themselves. Yeah. Even though the rest of the, 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 the cast, the, the cops and the politicians, and yeah. they're just like, why? <laughs> no. Apparently it, had a, it, it was a lot. It was like very much out of the 21 Jump Street book. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like just kind of like, here's like a kind of a ridiculous like so, premise that mm-hmm. flew in the 80s and 90s. And let's like revisit that premise with like a, a nudge, nudge, wink, wink to like how insane the premise was. Yep. was and it worked for you? Oddly. Yeah. Yeah. I heard it was all right. I Baywatch. Mean, I it worked. Baywatch, the, it worked. The plot was terrible. Yeah. The, the banter was clever enough. Well, that, that, uh, that's to be expected Pat, on both those camps. Like, right? like you expect it to be kind of shitty and you expect the banter to be the saving grace. Like the, the Rock refuses to call Zac Efron's character by his name. That's like the running gag. So he's always like, come on, NSYNC. Come on, boy band. At one point, he's just like, get off your butt and let's go, High School Musical. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that, this is really funny. How did that just slide through? <laughs> this is smart. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying like, The Rock is like a charming performer. performer. Yeah. You know, like, like I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever seen a movie where I'm like, oh, like The Rock. Like I've seen I believe oh, I saw the, the one... Tooth Fairy. That yeah. was a bad movie. But I'm saying, I was, I was, Tooth Fairy was what I was talking about, though. Uh, I saw, I guess, like a span of maybe ten minutes of Tooth Fairy in between, like a commercial break and from another commercial break with like my nieces, and it looked like garbage. But The Rock was still charming in it. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like I was like, I was like, oh, this is t- hot, a hot. You want to know what crap. I bet it is? He's used to uh, like acting around people who cannot act for shit, and he's yeah. used to being generous in that position and like uh, uh, like he's like on the stage he lets other people shine not yeah. if you talk to vin diesel not if you talk to vin or diesel Tyrese. Huh? they are really mad at him why stealing the franchise because they're doing a spin-off the rock and jason statham oh shit. and the rest of them are just like paul walker turned down a spin-off yeah, whatever and where did it get him Dwayne. oh man you've not followed, followed the twiddle no war? this has oh, got to be serious shit. like vin and rock Chewing each other out on Twitter. No yeah. shit. You know, there are some people I work with that are professionals. Those days are good. Like, just real shitting on each other. <laughs> okay, okay. But I'm just going to say that, like, then, Rock is Scorpion King. Rock is Mr. Spinoff already. <laughs> Tyrese was just like, we, we all turned it down and you went on. This is supposed to be about family. I'm like... Wait, are you getting you the plot what? line of, like, the movie confused? Pretty sure it's about getting paid. Yeah, pretty sure it's about cars doing jump flips. Uh, do we want to rank these movies before we move to more movies so we don't, this doesn't get away from us? I, I don't really need to rank Mr. Dynamite. It's a documentary, you know? Like, okay. I, don't, we I feel like we, we have some documentaries we like the Tom Petty movie. And... Yeah. Well, it's definitely at the top of the doco list that we have put on there. But then what about the George Theroux? Oh, this is definitely better than that. For sure. For yeah. sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah, it's a better story. It's a better story, and there's a, there's a lot to it. Oh. Uh, Baywatch was like an airplane movie. That's exactly yeah, what the exactly. kind of movie Sarah is. watched it on the airplane, and I was like, huh. Okay, so documentaries, 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 documentaries. Mm-hmm. Where are we? Where are we even in DocuTown? I'm not even seeing The Long Goodbye? No, nope. that's a movie. That's movie. not a documentary. I thought that was called a documentary. This is compelling, that's a Robert Alton. compelling listening for the while we look for documentaries. Tom, you said above Tom Petty? Yeah, definitely. Is above Crush Group? Yes. Is it above. X-Men Apocalypse. Yes. 
Is it above Ghost in the Shell? Yes. Oh. Is it well, above? Well, that's... Hold on. We're talking about the 2017 remake of Ghost yes. in the Shell. Yeah. We're not Is talking it above about... the Evil Dead? Two. Huh? Are you talking about Evil Dead 2? Evil Dead 1. Huh. I mean, that is kind of a classic, even if it is t- <laughs> schlocky garbage. Yeah. Well, above, um, above Evil Dead is Interstellar, to give you what kind of what we're working for. Yeah. Is it above Interstellar? See, but then you keep going up, and you get to stuff like Suicide Squad, Can which we, I, do, I do, could we, not suic- possibly suicide recommend. Squad. There's two movies that really need to be re-ranked. Okay. Suicide Squad and Ghostbusters. Yeah. Those, those two movies so are not in the correct place. We should, we should do that pretty Don't soon. use those as touchstones. Yeah, ignore those films. Uh... Could I put this above Top Gun? I, like, I, I kind of could. But, but, but like, the thing is, but you, you, you also have talked about, a, like, a crippling failure of the movie. Yeah, that is a good point. Right? Like, you're... All right, so I'm looking just underneath Creep and just above The Return of Xander Cage. Just underneath Creep in the road? Yeah, I think Xander Creep Cage. was pretty, pretty clever. Uh, so Seville is um, the documentary underneath it, yep. Arthur Carey, that was... Uh, I don't think it was amazing, but I do think it was good. I think this one was better. Cool. I, I guess so. You're right with that? I think that's all right. If it's like I said, if it's a really good documentary, like it's a lot of schlock kind of below that, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm not mad at that. All Bay, right. Baywatch. So Baywatch. Mordecai. Yep. Right down in Mordecai territory. Because <laughs> you said a plane hmm. movie, like. Yeah. No, I mean that makes sense. Have you guys ever watched that? Nope. No. I feel like we really <laughs> should. Hey, Mordecai. After all these years of talking. Yeah, I was like, from, from the way Sarah even talked about it, I was like, Mordecai, warm bodies. Like, it might be, I don't know, above Pitch Perfect. Mm, yeah, it's a, that's that's a good thing. I would say right under The Art of the Steel, right above Ninja wow. Turtles, Out of the Shadows. Okay. Below Mordecai. Just as a, uh, as a f- comment, while I was in Lake George two weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, I saw, I would say, about two-thirds of Pitch Perfect 2, and mm. it was not very good. Nice. I did not enjoy a moment of it. Can we talk about the Bad Batch? Man, I've been... I watched it twice. Wow. Okay, so the Bad Batch, Scott, you missed out, man. Holy crap did you miss out. This movie, I literally... Yeah, well, like, saw it on Netflix. I think it's also... Is it produced by Netflix? I know Vice is involved. Vice is, like, produced it, but I think Netflix might be the main... It also had... It had the feeling of a Vice movie. Like, some of the, like, the it's being too clever for itself, like, you know... Well, the soundtrack choices were, like, Vice all over the place. Mm -hmm. You're sort of, like, within two seconds... I think the second song that plays in the soundtrack is D'Antwerd. Yeah. (laughs) You're sort of, like, the whole thing basically looks like a D'Antwerd music video. Especially when D'Antwerd is playing. That fucking scene with the super roided up muscle assholes. And, um, and, like, Vice produced, like, more than half of the D'Antwerd music video. So, Mm -hmm. like, it makes sense that, like... The Vice movie looks like it. Okay, so this movie, Scott, that you didn't watch, because mm-hmm. you're a big failure, is like, uh, I guess like the premise is at s- some point in the future, even though it kind of seems like present time, Yep. like at some point in maybe an alternate reality, instead of sending people to jail, they just kind of send them into like the, the desert Texas Badlands. Yeah. Yep, they're just sort of like, and you are a Bad Batch, you're from the Bad Batch, you get a little tattoo on your ear, and you're just sort of like, boop. Off and you go. And then you just go off into the desert. And then just sort of like the society of like... Rejects. It, and yeah, and it's not yeah. even very clear what anybody did to get there. I mean, I, other than... I don't think it's ever even really mentioned. Jason Momoa said that he was an illegal immigrant. That was the right. only one, the only character who had a... a reason. A clear reason. Uh, so this girl just kind of goes out there and just has like... Uh, a vague direction where it's like, if you want... She com- looked like she had a knapsack and stuff that was given to her. She had like... A but, it was, yeah. but it was just like her stuff, I think, that was like in it. Because it had like yeah. a photo of her boyfriend or whatever. She had like some personal effects. Yeah. And then found a little flyer that said like, if you want comfort, head east. Yeah. And then no, no, no. It says head for the dream. 
You got to follow the dream. There's all kinds of stuff like that. Like, oh which, yeah, no, the dream is very important. But I think the flyer might have just said like, yeah. find comfort. I think the initial flyer that she finds isn't it comfort at the dream. I'm pretty sure he's mentioned there. But Maybe. like, you think it's like find the dream. You don't think it's a person at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, anyway, so right. she's walking through the desert and then um, gets captured by cannibals. Yep. They cut they off do. her arm and her leg in like the first five minutes. Yeah. And they eat them. Chomp, chomp, chomping away. And then she breaks free. S- escapes, goes to the place where it's the comfort where it just seems like people are just all fucked up and on drugs. Yep. And she's like, I'm not super into this. And then she runs into a kid and then uh, kills the kid's mom. Yeah. And then as you do. As you do. Well, hold on. No, no, no. The, the, the bit that's confusing here, the kid's mom was part of the cannibal group that, yeah. that ate her arm and leg. So you get why she's pissed off. And when Jason Momoa shows up, he was also part of that group, although she didn't know. She didn't, like, connect in that he was one of the cannibals. I think she might have. She yeah. kind of, like, immediately – she was like, you're um, – what they call them bridge people. Like, oh, yeah, you're one of the bridge people. Like they, they ate her leg? How is she getting around in this? Crutches. No, not a crutch. She got a leg a brace. A fake leg. Yeah, she uh, had a leg brace. Yeah. And then she basically has one arm for the whole yeah. movie. Okay. Yeah, she has like it's uh they ate her just below the knee, so she has the joint. So there's she has. She's a, got like a peg leg. Kind of, no, no, like no, a, no, like a like a prosthetic, like a brace. And then she goes on crutches with with the prosthetic. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. She no, she walks most of the time. I think she has a crutch like for like one second. Huh. Most of the time, she's just like stumbling, kind of has that like little stutter step mm, walking through the desert that. without crutches. Anyway, Anyhow, yeah, yeah. Uh, the immediate vibe that I kind of had from it, outside of the Antwerp music video, was like sort of. Very in a sim kind of vein as like Tideland, mm-hmm. uh, Tideland and Southland Tales. Southland Tales was the thing wow. I wanted to bring it to. Yeah, uh, where, but I'm saying so no, Tide, like, Tideland was the if you don't I don't know if you remember Tideland or no. not. Uh, Tideland was the Terry Gilliam movie with about the girl who's like uh, her father just dies. Didn't see it. And then the kid just sort of just keeps going and like sort of like. The guy's decomposing, and she keeps like saying, like, "Oh, Papa, you're cutting muffins," but he's just dying. Mm-hmm. And she has like this sort of like imaginary world, but it's not really. She's just like living in like a dumpster heap. It's weird. Anyway, kind of a similar vibe, like okay. where you're like, "What is anything even real?" And then yeah, South on Tales also in a big way too. I think I think that's the biggest, the best comparison you could draw. Like exactly like in South on Tales, there's a bunch of incredibly clever characters, a bunch of incre- incredibly clever moments, a bunch of incredibly clever dialogue. None of it ever at the same time, and it never comes None together of it in a way that really makes sense. Yeah, and then it never comes together to make a satisfying end, right? Like it, it, they both kind of fall apart as the movie goes on. And I, I like this was so close to being pure genius, <laughs> and then and then it just never never assembled. Like the Jason act- Momoa's character never really like. Well, and that that's like the, the super weird part. I mean, mm-hmm. okay, so like, I guess like spoilers. Yeah. Like, uh, she ends up sort of. I don't even really know if like falling for Jason Momoa is the right word so mm-hmm. much as she just sort of chooses like she has one like she has two options, which is basically to hang out with Jason Momoa more or to hang out in. Ke- and it turns out that Keanu Reeves is the dude who's running this town. Yeah. And basically, the reason that the town is even sustainable, it's at least heavily alluded that they produce drugs and, I guess, sell it back into the real world, huh. right? Because, yeah. like, how else would they have income for anything, Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, they, they have infrastructure, they have toilets, they have everything. And when she goes into his, like, layout, there's, like, tons of acid, tons of pills, tons of pot, and he's like, this is the economy of the, the city. So he's, like, produce, mass-producing drugs, I guess, exporting it out? Because something's Maybe. coming in, yeah. right? Like, something's coming in that he has a giant light-up you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. DJ booth for his DJ. <laughs> you are so all cool. here for the beats. <laughs> like, it's so cool. And it's a giant boombox. Yeah, exactly. The, um, I don't know, man, that scene with where she gets together finally with Keanu, it's supposed to be like the climax of the movie. Like all of this tension of the whole movie coming together, the two of them talking. And it didn't work for me. They, they're just like, they just talk to each other trying to sound cool. <laughs> and it doesn't, doesn't well, ever happen. But yeah, but I mean, I think that she, 
If I were to, uh, if I were to, which mm-hmm. I am going to, if I were to like be like, what's the point of it? Is mm-hmm. that like she ultimately like chose to still like she obviously got kicked out of society mm-hmm. for a reason, and basically Keanu Reeves just like it's a messed up version of society, but then like still created a society that she you still have to like play by the man's rules and all that stuff. So she like opts to basically go with the cannibals, despite not really being a cannibal for herself, because at least they're kind of on their own terms. Maybe. Like, that's, like, I think sort of the point, is she's like, I don't want to play within Keanu Reeves' system. Also, we have not even mentioned Jim Carrey as the voiceless uh, desert hobo. That was Jim Carrey? It's Jim Carrey, man. Oh, no shit. Yeah, what yeah, a performance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's super good. He's like, a crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's a full crazy person. He has no dialogue, but he's, like, a main character. He comes character. back three or four times. Yeah, he's exactly. Like there, yeah. He just sort of, like, every time someone's, like, really screwed, because, like, the uh, the cannibals are kind of in a, in an airplane graveyard, and then uh, Keanu Reeves' crew is actually kind of like a, an abandoned town. Yeah. And there's just, like, a waste in between the two kind of settlements. Mm-hmm. And every time someone's in the waste for, like, more than a few minutes, he shows Jim up. Carrey's character just, like, shows up with, like, a shopping cart and, like, no, like, just has, like, protruding teeth, has, like, a little bit of prosthetics, it looks like. Yeah. Slash, yeah. also, it might just be as, like, Jim, Jim Carrey being really good at physical, like, like has, like, the hunch with the gut out, like, hunched over gut out kind of thing. Like, super good. Uh, yeah, when Jason Momoa's character shows up, and he just, like, he's, like, uh, he finds Jason Momoa's character is an artist, so he can, like, Harsh. draw, and he's, like, have you seen this girl? Have you seen this girl? And then, like, Jim Carrey grabs the notebook from him, like, flips it to a blank page, and then, like, points at the blank page and points at himself and then, like, puts his, like, hands on his hips and, like, staring off into the distance, like, to be, like, draw me. Draw me. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, like, just, like, just gesturing to Jason Momoa. He's, like, Ugh. And then just draws him and he's, like, yeah, okay, I'll tell you where the girl Those is. Those scenes where they're showing, like, the tender side of Jason Momoa is so fucking funny. He's, like... Y- the, the the physique of this man is absurd. He's been roided out. Yeah. I can't even imagine how much drugs that guy is on to stay with that kind of form. Yeah. The, and then and then there's these pictures of him with these like dainty little glasses drawing in his book, all perfect. This beautiful little girl that is like the one little treasure of his life, who of course gets kidnapped by the girl. I think a big part of it is supposed to be reversals. Like she wants to kill Jason initially because he's one of the cannibal people who came after her but then his his view of her reverses right like she yeah. sees him as being strong and being like just doing what he has to survive yeah. and then for her also like you're sort of rooting for her at the start but then I don't yeah. know yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway whatever it was an interesting movie and like fun to talk about interesting scenes interesting music it's just it never satisfies completely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and I mean and I kind of get I, I sort of like I, I kind of felt especially kind of like knowing knowing it was like a a vice film and mm-hmm. like knowing the sort of the direction I was like, this is just going to sort of stop. I was like, this is, <laughs> this is how this movie's going to end. It's just going to be like, and now it's over. <laughs> like, and basically that's what happens. Like, yeah, there's yeah. like the, we read a lot of Stephen King books. Yeah, kind of. And it's like, and nothing really gets resolved. She, she just sort of like leaves the Keanu town. And then I guess it's just like, I'm just going to hang out with Jason Momoa. And I mean, and they don't go back to, the airplane no. town either so maybe Jason Momoa stopped being a cannibal maybe he gives up on being cannibal because if you remember his, bunny. his wife didn't want him or his girlfriend at the start didn't want him being a cannibal she was like angry about it and yeah, they were she, feeding the little girl human meat and yeah. then she's like I'm so sick of this shit um, yeah exactly like that. so yeah, yeah. And, I mean at the end he, and then that, that's the irony right she's like sick of this trying to get away from him and that's when she gets killed by um, the girl that the, he ends up with the girl yeah, yeah. anyway yeah so I, I, dating's hard yeah I like I said I thought it was a, a lot of fun. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I again much much like Creep, I would have been like totally pumped if we stumbled into this in Fantasia. Absolutely, like, yeah. it was just like you're just like, wow, cool. This like, this, w- this would have been a winner at Fantasia. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, 
I would put it a little below creep, though. Really? I, I, I felt that creep was much better at executing its point. Creep definitely was better. It was like a, a like it was certainly a more like complete. Right, well, let's unit. go back to one of our main touchstones then. Jurassic World. I'd say it's above Jurassic World. It's a lot, a lot smarter, and there's a lot more to like think about. Well, and then in the middle there, you get Seville. And then the Mask of Zorro. Because here's like the problem. I see Return of Xander Cage, and I would probably put this above Return of Xander Cage. I would put this way above... But, not, maybe but, not way, but... But you see, like, Creep and Descent are kind of where this movie goes, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Goddamn Pitch Perfect. It better be fucking amazing if I ever see Pitch Perfect. The first one? Yeah, because Pitch it Perfect was a lot was of funny. crap. I told you the second one wasn't as good. Did I know. Did you even listen? I just it happened to be on in the cabin while we were getting ready. Look... Okay, let's just say we were going higher. Pitch Perfect 2 is below Mordecai and we were Power Rangers. Like I wouldn't put it above Jeez. Top Gun. No, I wouldn't put it above Top Gun either. Um, Fate of the Furious. I haven't seen it, but I, I could see this going just underneath Top Gun, honestly. Kong and you guys got to watch Kong Skull Island. Yeah, we do. Because if that was really that amazing, then it should go below Kong Skull Island and above TMNT. I have also no problem putting it above TMNT. Yeah? Uh, yeah, maybe creepy. Maybe, I guess the, creepy the, maybe you went too low. I don't know. Because I said my, my, my instinct was to go below below Creep because, like I said, I think Creep executed Well, the better. Lego Batman movie is there. Yeah. You really like that. Yeah. I might put it below Lego Batman. Okay. That's above the descent. I'm all right with that. Yeah. Oh, man, I don't know. The, the descent certainly did not survive rewatching. Well, and I don't know mm. if this will either. Yeah. Like, <laughs> in, much like Southland Tales, where you're like, you have to, you have to like look at part of it and be like, some of this is just like provocateur for the sake of being provocateur. Absolutely. You know, oh, like, while the rest of it is burying your career. <laughs> I, I, if when it, when I watch Southland Tales, man, it's going high. <laughs> I love that movie don't, so much. Southland Tales. If, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not 100 percent sure. It's by the same guy who did Donnie Darko, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. Donnie Darko, Indy Darling, Southland Tales, you never work again. <laughs> the thing I well, that, hold on, there was Donnie Darko too. J Darko or whatever it was. Yes. S Darko. S Darko. Um Yeah, uh, I, I I would say if you wanna if you wanna throw it below Kong Skull Island. Yeah? Okay. I'm I'm okay to go lower, dude. I I could definitely I could even put it below creep. I, I it's possible creep will survive better than this. Yeah, let's do below creep. Okay. I think I think th- I think that the the the, the lack of below a, creep and above uh, Mr. Dynamite. Oh, above Mr. Dynamite, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we just talked about Mr. Dynamite. We did. Jeez, Louise, guys. Speaking of uh, my trip uh-huh. to the. No one was speaking of your trip. Southland. I did. Literally, I Pitch Perfect no. Two. Oh. I watched Pitch Perfect Two in a cabin in Lake George. It was a while ago. Another thing that I did in a cabin in Lake George is Andrew. Uh, is Andrew? <laughs> yeah. Dead Andrew. Right in the bum. It's, it's about time. <laughs> All these years. Got him right in the bum. Oh, man. I bet the tension release was monumental. Pretty great. Y'all, this podcast is over. It was all about me. I don't know what else we have to say. <laughs> um, yeah, so Andrew got in line at a Toys R Us at like 4 o'clock in the morning uh, to get a little token that allowed him to come back at 9 o'clock in the morning and buy an SNES So classic. he's a total fucking moron, is what you're saying. I, not a I haven't moron. seen one on sale yet. They're, they're all gone. They are all gone. They all sold out. Quebec sold out completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we went down to the States, every place that we went to in the States, just for shits, because I was like, eh, if they have one, I'll buy one, just because I'm like, there's going to be an aftermarket on this stupid thing. They're already on eBay for like two, three hundred bucks. I just like, flip it. You flip mm-hmm. your house. Uh, and he's not a moron. He has a retro pie with every Super Nintendo game on right. the computer. So he why? still bought this. Like, so it's not like he's not like he doesn't know. 
He's no, no. You can know and still be a moron. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I get where he. A, he's a bit of a purist. Yeah. B, so? these are actually, these aren't emulators. They're, they're like, they're, I mean, they are emulators, but it's like, they're like approved emulators. Like, it never crashes. It never does anything. They've like been the modded for HDTV. Yeah, they're like, the output's like, whatever. Mm, the safe okay. state safe state works super well. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there is an element of you're like, you're using essentially a hacked, like, uh, mileage may vary version when you're using an emulator, where I this mean, is like Nintendo saying this is going to run as good okay. as it is. But okay. they're, they're using emulators. It's not, they're, they're, in fact, they may even just be running the exact same software that you download for free. Like, and It might be. Yeah. Well, anyway, but also... Does the seal of approval mean yeah, nothing exactly. to you? It's it means little, nothing to me. The little gold Nintendo seal of approval. Oh, my God. Anyway, super quaint. Looks just like a Super Nintendo and super fun. The controllers have cables, which is like silliness, but <laughs> in a cabin, like literally, Andrew and I were sitting there playing Street Fighter, like sitting cross-legged on the floor, like, four feet from the TV, like, in a cabin. We're like, this is the best. And I was like, I'm, I don't necessarily know if I would have spent the money other than to flip, <laughs> to flip it and sell mm -hmm. it. But I was like, to have that experience, I was, I was like, this is, I get it. Like, to have, throw one of these up at your cottage or whatever is, like, super fun. Like, the, the element of having <clears throat> limited amounts of games is, like, oddly compelling to me. Like, where you're just sort of like, instead of, like, oh, I can play anything, I'm like, no, I just have 21 SNES games. Like, yeah, I just, You could also just have every SNES game and then choose not to play the ones you don't want to play. I know, but... And it, then it would all cost you less than $100. But it's like it's kind of like that thing that I talked about where uh, how rewatching movies is not a thing anymore. You know, like, not to say it's not a thing, but it's yeah. like you're much... I, I haven't touched my DVD collection since I moved. Yeah, exactly. And I, I have, like... 700 movies exactly I, I threw all i my, haven't cracked them as a result of that i just like i felt bad getting rid of them i just threw them all in binders and got rid of all the boxes and i was like they're, they're, none of them have like anything i thought might be a little bit rare i googled to see if there was any like resale and i ended up selling a couple like but yeah you just don't watch you don't rewatch movies the same way you used to no nope. i feel that when you i have, mean and that's the thing with risk too my wife does not she would rather watch a new bad movie than rewatch an old good one like hmm. andrew andrew's an obscene uh, God at Super Punch Out, right? Right, like he was just like, yo, I'm gonna beat Super Punch Out real quick before we go to dinner, mm -hmm. like, and, and just and straight lined, no losses. I think had one knockdown in a run. He's like, I haven't played it in a while, so I might be a little rusty. He's like, oh man, I'm a little rusty, and I'm like, that's a little rusty. You still have every single pattern memorized. <laughs> that's crazy. Like, all the yeah, way through. Once you get it, though, you got it. You know. Well, yeah, but I mean, but it's still like every little head fake in whatever way. Does he go left or right? Like, I don't know if I would necessarily memorize all that, but it's like. Like, there's no circumstance other than owning an SNES classic where Andrew would, like, boot up Super Punch-Out. You know, same thing, too. With, like, yeah, but he could. He, ha he could just... I know he could, but he'd be much more likely to just, like, play infinite games. Like I said, there's something, there's something like... You're trying to sell buying something crippled for more expensive than it's worth and saying that its flaws are virtues. You're out of your mind. I'm not saying its flaws are virtues. I'm saying you're buying, like, essentially, a, like, a little nostalgia experience, like, which, okay. is, which is different from running an old game on your emulator. Yeah, but like, you, you don't have to. It, it, I don't understand. You're, you're, like, attaching nostalgia to the act of giving Nintendo money, which I agree <laughs> is indeed a nostalgic part of my childhood, but it's nothing that I want to revisit. <laughs> they have done nothing. They have done nothing new, nothing of value in the last so 10 years. I am so wound up. People are throwing their money You're at saying this thing. nothing new or nothing of value in the last 10 years. This is exactly that. You're paying them for the stuff that you love from 20 years ago. That's what I'm saying. You should not be rewarding them for doing <laughs> shit. That, they have done shit, and, and the gaming world has collectively pooled their money and given them accolades and giving them all that money. It doesn't make sense. The new Zelda is like apparently the best open world game ever made. Oh, god damn it. <laughs> 
Just saying. I don't know. I can't comment on that. But the the like they have made shitty rehashes of their other games for years and years yeah. and years. Anyway, it was super fun. Because sometimes you want McDonald's, John. Okay, but you don't like like in, you can go out and get a gourmet burger, but people still go to McDonald's. Right, but in, but they sell better burgers, John. In the world of burgers, oh, you, you still gotta... need to purchase burgers. You do not need to purchase Nintendo games. Right, they well, have I mean, been available for I everybody steal for burgers forever. If I wanted, and if there was any justice in the world, they would be free now because yeah. they have been on on the market for twenty five years. But yeah. but that's not that's not the case. You could still get them all for free. There's no reason to purchase this thing. Stop giving Nintendo your money for this shitty product. You heard it here. John says, steal your cheeseburgers. <laughs> if if it didn't take money away from anybody, then yes, you should. It didn't take money away from anybody. Yeah, this copying isn't stealing. I'm right. sure the guys who really put their heart and soul into F Zero are getting off residuals. Do I doubt do, that? Do, do, There's no way. Okay. Anyway, this do, is a whole other conversation. Do, 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 do. Anyway, super fun Super Nintendo Classic. I had a great time with it. I feel that it's a little bit of a weird cash grab. Uh, and and the other thing too is that yes, obviously, just like the NES Classic, packs come out for it, and then you can put all the games on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, nice, that's all right. And then you just have a nice little package with your your little controllers, like because that's the other thing. I mean, like I admit, I was just gonna say like Andrew was just like uh, he's like yeah, I like the Super Nintendo controllers, and I was like, have you seen my Bluetooth controller, man? I was like, it's a Super Nintendo controller. Like mm-hmm. that's what my Bluetooth controller is that I use on my VR headset. Mm-hmm. But yeah, super fun. Uh, and which brought me to the next thing mm-hmm. we played a bunch of overcooked what is overcooked overcooked is a game uh it's a four-player cooperative game i guess you could probably play it two to four Mm -hmm. we're playing it on full four that sort of like takes the element of like burger time sort of ish Mm -hmm. but then makes it like co-op where it's like there'll be like an order like it pops up in the top left where it's like make a burger and making a burger will involve like going to the meat box getting meat chopping up the meat to like make a little ground patty Throwing it on the fryer, like frying up a patty, mm-hmm. putting it on a bun, putting lettuce on the bun. If it ha- if it the orders for lettuce, this is a casual on. game. Game. Oh, absolutely. Oh, those those restaurant games that they've been around forever. I, I, this is like a Facebook game. No, no, no I, I remember that. I remember that one. Like Diner Dash. Yeah, or... like Diner Dash. Exactly. Yeah. But when, you, like, the level design is like a gazillion times better. I got super sick of Diner Dash. The level design is like every level has like a new mechanic. Either like the level slides around, it separates, things move. Some of them's in the dark, and you only have like a flashlight. Mm-hmm. And it's also all co-op. There's absolutely no way, even on normal difficulty level, to like, unless you're working together as like a well-oiled machine, getting three stars is like next to impossible. Like, mm-hmm. We're trying levels like 10, 15 times. Some of these, like just again and again and again. Cool. It just, it just, and the fact that. I think we're up at level, we're probably about 20 levels in to the game, and there's literally a new mechanic every level. It's not hmm. just sort of like, repeat, like, which is the Diner Dash equation of like, okay, you made a slightly more complicated map kind of thing to assemble the food, and mm-hmm. the fact that it's Sometimes like... Sometimes you have to open a new restaurant, and then boom, you're making Chinese food. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's it. But the co-op thing is super fun, where it's like, sometimes you're like, oh, one side of the board, you'll have two people, say, trapped on either side... One side won't have a cutting board, mm-hmm. and on one side is all the cooking. So you need to like grab the food, throw Pass it over, it the over counter, to cut it, cut it, throw it back, boom, boom, and then like shit, dirty dishes are coming in. Got to wash the dishes, bring them back down. Like super fun, uh-huh. like really, really, really fun and uh, infuriating to play with anyone because <laughs> because everyone wants to become the Gordon Ramsay, right? I don't even say you everyone fucking wants to become... idiot. <laughs> like the problem, send is it back. The game is super smart about having just like a little bit more to do. Like it's. And, like, with a time limit, especially if you're going for three-star. Like, we kind of, like, we've stumbled through a couple things and still gotten one star. We're like, mm-hmm. no, we're going to play till we have a three-star because, you know, you want a gold you want a gold trophy for right. the end of the experience. Uh, you guys and your chivos. Chivos. 
but the game is like really really smart about having like more than like four things to do mm-hmm. so and also oftentimes like forcing you to move so you can't just be like okay john you're on chopping duty like your, your job is to just like chop and like it's prep. always going to involve something else it's always going to involve something else and then also probably a moving element that you'll need to like rotate out so there's always like the the lure to go do another thing that maybe someone else is thinking about so it's like the amount of communication that has to happen while you're playing is like non-stop you have to be like announcing what you're doing announcing what you need i need this and like blah 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 mm-hmm. like you just get into that like in order to do it you need to play that and i was Sounds like pretty fun yeah exactly yeah. super super fun of like four people i'm doing this you got this i need this plates are coming out doing this it needs it needs a fifth person playing gordon ramsay <laughs> yelling at the other four almost like it, it's almost <laughs> like if I almost wouldn't mind playing it to try to be like, listen, we're just going to do what a fifth person tells us. Like, that'd be kind of like a weird... Probably work. A weir- Sounds uh, like it. It might, yeah. but it'd also be hard to watch like four people and four... Ender's Games <laughs> presents Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. I don't know how no, well, the, the Ender's Game level is when you have multiple games being played simultaneously and you have one guy managing like a fleet of stores and then each one of the stores has to report back to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. beat the level and you find out you committed genocide. <laughs> Congratulations, you've committed genocide. Oh, no. What? No, but be Wellington. I'm going <laughs> I'm going into space now to open up McDonald's for people and be heralded as their Jesus. Mm-hmm. And fly around for a thousand years. <laughs> Don't go to Planet John. He's going to steal your burgers. <laughs> mm. Anyway, I like, highly, highly recommend it. As, mm-hmm. And I mean, and in terms of the control is like move around. Uh, X is to pick up a thing and square is to chop. Right. And then, like, otherwise you're just picking picking things up. Can you chop each One, other? No, thankfully not. You can kind of get in each other's way, though, which is a part of the other. Like, And some of the levels, obviously. That's why you like, say chef behind. God, chef behind. No yeah, you can't. Also, thankfully, you can't knock each other over. That'd be hilarious. Imagine you're, holding, fly. you're like, you're running to a plate, and if someone bumps into you, you're like, whoopity boo. Like, there's someone where rats and shit steal the food. Really? And you can, like, chase them out and stuff. What? No, maybe they're helping, like Ratatouille. Mm, it wasn't like that. I thought that, too. And I was like, I'm going to let's see what this rat does. And he just runs away. <laughs> And also, like, there he goes. Like, yeah. You're not pulling my hair to help make me, <laughs> of, help me make the like, sauce. In like, in, like, the craziness at one point, like, uh, the level that we're actually currently stuck on in Cant 3-star um, <clears throat> is the levels are team is split into two. So it's, like, two on each side. Mm-hmm. Uh, one side has all the ingredients for pizza, but not the equipment to cook it. And the other side has all the ingredients for hamburgers, but not the equipment to cook it. So you need to just, like... Shoot in the gear shoot, back. Shoot like chop prep and shoot stuff over and then keep delivering it and whatever. That sounds like it's just a bad restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very mean. Uh, and just so one thing that never goes together is uh, just like Sarah just took raw meat, threw tomatoes on top of it, and then just put it on a conveyor belt headed to the garbage. <laughs> and just like, and just like, what are you doing? She's like, I don't know. And like, and it takes a while, especially if a plate goes into the garbage. It takes a while to like rejuvenate like uh-huh. like to regenerate the plate like so you lose that resource for a little while so you're only working with three plates until it like regenerates it which is like the dumbest thing in the world like two things that just raw meat and raw meat and tomatoes just straight into the garbage and i was like why because especially it's also annoying is once you combine things onto a plate you can't uncombine them so it's like there's no no one wants raw no meat. one can scrape tomatoes off of raw meat it, it is yeah, cross-contaminated no, you do need to shoot it into the garbage well, like, hold yeah. on. you could just throw out the tomatoes and keep the meat yeah exactly you'd have a little bit of tomato and on then you give it to the tomato alert allergy person who's, i guess so. okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, keep that stuff pure anyway very super super fun and uh yeah cool i mean i think it was like i can't imagine it being more than like 10 15 bucks on playstation store mm-hmm. oh yeah and also we didn't do it but this game has apparently like a nightmare mode, which uh-huh. is not in terms of difficulty, but because the controller is just thumbstick and two buttons, 
there's a mode where two people can use one controller. So mm-hmm. like as if like we each use a thumbstick in the L and R, and then you use the other thumbstick in the and, and the the shoulder buttons. And I was like, oh, that's okay. It is save controller space, kind of. Say- I mean, yeah, it'd be annoying, but like it'd be so annoying because you'd be like, eh. like, and you'd have to like. I feel you'd like end up like tugging it, and Probably. the other person's like, I was like, that would I feel. Would but that's you. still very nice of them if you don't have enough controllers. To yeah, you even play make a that an option. Game with two controllers. Yeah, I that was like that's crazy. Can you play it with eight players though? No, no, you can't. Gone are the days of the double dash. <laughs> Sixteen players, eight cars. Oh man, <laughs> that was a good party. Yeah. And the other thing I also wanted to talk about, uh, since we do play board games mm-hmm. at this podcast, uh, I read, I read on the internet about. Exit the game. Exit okay. colon the game. I mean, I just I heard in general that they exit were, the colon. Exit the colon the game. You're poop. Um, I, I mean, I saw a magic school bus about that, but I don't know if I'd want to sit down and play it. Yeah. So poop. Oh, everybody's familiar. Exit with the colon. A, 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 exit the game. games. Exit locked room games. Escape room games. Sure, you told us all about it last time mm-hmm. or two times ago. Mm-hmm. One of those times. I don't think I told you about. It. I just about escape rooms. Yeah. Oh yeah, I told you about the Zelda one. Yeah, yeah we did the Zelda one. Uh, so uh, companies now are making board games mm-hmm. that emulate these escape rooms. Right. It's uh, like a one-shot. Well, some of them yeah. aren't. Some of them are, uh, like, reusable. They, they reuse components. You need to, like, select components, put them all that together. Mm-hmm. And so even though you might necessarily, you might know the solution, I could at least pass you the game. Right. Uh, apparently, the better ones, slash, like, more well-balanced, more come together, are these ones that are, like, exit colon the game. That's what it's called. If you right. Google it, whatever. They have three out, and I think they have, like, four or five coming out more. I think they even have another three or four in Germany already. It's like this hmm. German company that makes them and they translate them. Which are they cost? Uh, I think like ten to fifteen bucks U.S. Maybe twenty. That's Amer- pretty Canadian. cheap for. I it, guess if it's a one shot. But it's for I like an it, evening yeah. of entertainment. If you if you compare it to an escape a two room, four. Oh, yeah. Right. It, it, you know what I'm saying? If you compare it to escape room where you're paying twenty bucks a person minimum. If it's that cheap. Yeah. yeah. If that cheap, like yeah. and and north, like twenty bucks in north is what is that? And yeah, so we got this thing. We played it down in Lake George. Uh, we played the lab one. It's mm-hmm. a one-shot game because you like you destroy it basically. Like you need to cut papers out, you need to fold things, you need to draw on things, you need to like. Right. There's basically no way to do it in without ruining the game. So it's like you can't. I couldn't like be super careful and then pass it off to Scott. Like it's, right, right, right. it's basically impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, could have made some photocopies of papers though. You could have save on a fifteen dollars. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, but it's also, I mean, why would you pay for it otherwise if you could just get a copy of it? But yeah, I guess. But anyway, yeah, exactly. If you just make it, all right, copy, uh, I'm, I'm done with that. Uh, yeah, but um, in terms of actual puzzles and how they come together, like on par with any puzzle that I've encountered in an escape room. In terms of like super cool that like sometimes clues come out of order where you're like you'll get the beginning of a clue, but mm-hmm. it's not gonna. It's only gonna unlock something. A really neat mechanism to keep you honest, hmm. essentially, which is like so. <clears throat> to find out if you've gotten the correct clue, there's like a dial. And you enter in a code on the dial, and it says a number. And then you go into a deck of 26 cards. You go through to that number. That, if you if you're might be right, that card now says, which symbol are you trying to match? Mm-hmm. And if you match the right symbol, there's like 10 of them, and you know which symbol. If you're like, I'm trying to match this symbol, it then says go to another card. And sure. then that card either tells you if you're right or wrong. So it's like almost un... I mean, obviously, you could just flip all the clues over it. But right. it's just like, if you, as long as you're being, like, honest with yourself, you don't even know, like, what... And the clues come out of the wrong order. Like, there's a stack of 26 cards, and they're like, your next clues that you need are, like, 3, 7, and 18. Right. So you can't just, like, 
start peeling the top off of the clues to get all the you don't know which one it is yeah because you don't know which ones you need so it's like it's super self-policing which i I was interested when i bought it i was like how do you stop cheating from happening kind of way and i mean like (laughs) and the answer is the same way you install eye of the beholder on your computer in 1991 (laughs) go to the instruction manual look at this page take the first letter of that yeah I, I got a crack <clears throat> for that off of a BBS. This was before the internet. Mm-hmm. And and was the crack for that actually a file or was it a list of all the possible It was well, you could get the list, but you could also <laughs> later get a little bat file that would that would rewrite that just thing. rewrite the intro. Like yeah, so you yeah. wouldn't you wouldn't have sure. to put in the code. Anyway, <clears throat> anyway, super neat self policing. I'll say the one thing if you do want to buy these games, if you're planning on playing them with mm-hmm. six, there's an in game booklet, like a, a booklet that exists in game. You might want to consider photocopying that and having two copies because hmm. it's kind of a little booklet. So like, I, like we'd be like have two or three people like huddled around the booklet, and sometimes there'd be stuff for other people to do, and sometimes there wouldn't be. Right. But if you had two booklets, at least you could have people kind of looking at all. Did the it like comfortably play six, or was it like people were doubling up everywhere and? Uh, it just it kind of depends on how into escape rooms you sort of were. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it's just like obviously not say obviously, but I mean just based on who plays the most video games. Like Andrew kind of like spearheaded a bunch of them because we're like problem solvers. But like Sarah and Alex were like thinking about it. Walter was the best. Like Walter was like getting so mad and so frustrated because not and he was like and he talked about it later. He's like I was so into it and I was just like I am too drunk to contribute. He's like, <laughs> he's like I just, I'd look at stuff and you guys would be saying things and he's like. They're just looking at pictures. <laughs> like, they're just looking at pictures and coming back with stuff. And, like, he's like, I like to think of myself as kind of, like, a smart, like, savvy. Like, I could, he's like, I could bring something to the table, guys. Put me in the game. And he's like, like, what are you saying? What do you, what do you think, Walter? And he's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, no clue. How, how can I score? How is Brad Bramish supposed to score? Yeah, exactly. That's it. Just, just, just too drunk to get in the game. And then there was also one. Uh, you know that those, uh, like, those design things with, like, the lines and the crisscross? And if you, like, look at them at an angle... You can like read, mm-hmm. uh, read a thing. Like I remember them from kids. Like as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh. "That's what that is." Mm-hmm. I was like, "That's what that is." And Raz just like grabbed it and read it like instantly. Like, I was like, "I knew what to do." And I was like, "Fuck, I don't know." And I was like, "Graphic designer." She's like, "The second number is four. And then puts the card down. I was like, oh, "Okay then." I was like, "I see a T and an H, and I'm working it out." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Design, <laughs> design brain. Like just saved us a couple times. And yeah, and then you kind of like you get a little. Uh, you got a little score out of 10, a little card, basically. Kind of like Kanabi. Like, how sure. did you do? And we, I think, got like 7 out of 10 stars. So, Fun. Yeah. I would recommend that this particular brand. Uh, I bought all three of them because they were 10 bucks each. So I was like, sure. whatever. Sure. Just kick them around. I know we're going to do one up at the cabin later. And then there's going to be a third one that I'll do with some people. I would say that ideally, I would put it with four people. I think okay. that's like the, the max number. It's not like too much, even if you all have to work together. Yeah. yeah, 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 and and it's like it's again. If you haven't played an escape room, it's kind of hard to explain like how it's really useful to have other people. Mm-hmm. Like it's just sort of like you could do them by yourself, but it's just like your brain kind of like gets into a path that it thinks is going to get to the solution, and like it's kind of wrong. Hmm. Like you know what I mean? Like you're like you're gonna like bang your head into the wall thinking uh, this is how it makes sense, and then having someone else like having other like multiple people working on the same puzzle at the same time is sort of like sort of useful. And people are like, oh shit. Anyway, cool beans. Sounds cool. like a different, like a different twist on a board game night. You know, that'll just be something different and fun and whatever. Yeah, like, exactly, we could totally. Yeah. Anyway, I was, a murder mystery for people who act. Yeah, yeah, but it's just like it's just problem solving, and it, it like legit took us. Uh, and this is like Andrew's played a bunch of escape rooms. I've done like two. Sarah's done one. Like so, we had like a bunch of people who knew it, and it still it took us about an hour and a half. Like so, which is like long. Escape rooms are usually an hour when you yeah, go to them yeah, in, yeah. The, 
And, the thing, and plus, this was ten dollars, right, or fifteen bucks. Yeah, so could, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. And it's great. It, and it's I, a lot of a lot of people online or whatever say that, like if you're inexperienced, they're like it, it takes almost two. So, hmm. like it was, there was more steps than a lot of the normal like escape rooms kind of did. Right. I would recommend it, guys. Cool. What else is going on? We are we are coming towards the top of the hour. I don't know if I have other stuff that I want to bring. I watched um, a whole bunch of Earth Two, mm-hmm. you know the David Attenborough oh, yeah, we talked about that nature earlier. documentary. I feel oh, like I thought you were talking about Earth Two Final Conflict. No, we're talking about Earth the the like so we we Planet Earth Two. Right. It's called Planet. Did Earth you two. did you watch it? Are you? Uh, a little bit at the cafe that opened up. Yeah, I feel like it's gotten a little like it's a little. Oh, that's cheap. it's the one with the cool snake attack though. What do you mean? Well, the snakes are chasing that lizard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, this scene is there's amazing. a lot of like the best nature footage I have ever seen anywhere ever. The most like holy shit, here's a fucking caiman going attacking something. Well, just like it's, it's still the three biggest nature producers, right? It's it's BBC, David Attenborough, David Attenborough on Nat Geo, yeah. and Disney. Yeah. Right? So like, if you can think of people that make nature movies, and all three of them are working together. The, the complaint though is that like the it it becomes kind of cheap. They like you know the BBC a lot of their TV shows they just like they put like high energy music when it doesn't really need it you know and they go his like dialogue is incredibly dramatic and the scenes are all very very the slow. Lion yeah. Away from the pack fighting for survival. I mean sometimes when you're what? watching a nature documentary you just want to like watch the waves crash in a little bit. I guess fish swim around. Want some slow TV there, Scott. Uh, if you're sitting down to watch like a nature documentary, not everything Planet, needs to I be fucking. Cool well, this Blue Planet was cool. Did, like, you it went too real, long. You get real yeah. zen in Blue Planet. I find you're just sort of like, especially the the like the deep. Scene so like, imagine when it's zen, and then you're like, okay, the scene has gone on now. It goes on a further ten seconds, and you're like, okay, I'm past, I'm past zen, and into like, why am I still watching this? What's going on here? <laughs> so it it did that a little, but like not a lot. And it's still fucking amazing. The the footage is just outstanding. Some of the stuff yeah. they get. I always crazy. wonder about that man, like. Holy crap! Like how many, how many hundreds of thousands of hours of <laughs> does like, David watch? Oh, just watch, but also just filming. You're just like, well, I'm just gonna track this snake for a while, hope mm-hmm. it attacks something. I think you that's know? actually how it goes. Like they get like tens of thousands of hours of footage for five seconds of yeah, of exactly. Something, that's yeah. it. It's just like, oh my god! It's like that. That process is just like in absolute insanity. Like you're, probably, you're like traveling. They must be with trackers, like following these animals. Filming them, just waiting for those like or moments, d- or just waiting in the same place. Oh, look, there's a polar bear. That's where he lives. Hey. Yep, I'm gonna stay here for a few weeks. Let's just, let's just film this forever. <laughs> like, yeah, and hope something cool. But happens. then they get some of the yeah, stuff in yeah. this that no, 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 is no, no. just I mean, like, like, like like we the viewer <laughs> yeah. just benefit. But like I, when I think about like the back the back end of how these nature documentaries come together, it boggles my mind. Like especially like. The only one I think I watched all of was the Blue Planet ones. Mm-hmm. Like especially that. Like you're like this can't be, this can't be cheap. Like you're how so, long did a guy sit there like, underwater? <laughs> yeah, you're like in submarines with like limited oxygen supply, or like have these super expensive cameras that are like in surrounded by water. Like at least if you're like camping out in the jungle, it's dangerous and shit. But you're like it's not underwater just all the time. Like uh, I don't know. In the jungle, there's gonna be some bad mosquitoes. <laughs> I'm sure. Scott, like, you watch, watch anything? Anything, anything? I mean, I watched a bunch of movies. I watched Princess Mononoke. I watched The Mechanic. Uh, yeah, I watched. You want to talk about these movies? Sure. Yeah. I mean, Jason Statham is the mechanic. Okay, that's the one you went to, huh? Well, I mean, it was on. I had. It's like he meant... <laughs> Scott meant to watch The Machinist, and he ended up watching The Mechanic. <laughs> He's Whoops! Like, huh. No, no, I was, I was like one of them. Christian Bale gets super skinny, and the other one. Uh, Jason I watched. Statham I watched gets the original. Super so Jason Statham is the mechanic. And he gets roped into the underworld to perform action 
assassinations of bad people. Isn't this just like an alternate version of the transporter? That's what it sounds like. Or the driver, or every Jason Statham movie yeah. since Snatch. Crank? Hold on. Hold Crank. on. Crank was okay. I love Crank. He gets points for Crank. I love uh, Crank. I, I you cannot Crank. take that I, away from I him. I even like Crank too, man. Those movies are bananas. <laughs> yeah, it removes a little bit of the bananas and just goes into action movie assassination. Mm, straight action movie. Yeah. It's disappointing. Uh, I watched Gone in 60 Seconds. I finished the original yeah. version of Gone in 60 Seconds. That movie is... You think Cage, right? No, no that's the original, the original one. The, the, the 70s like one. Oh. 60s or 70s, yeah, yeah, yeah. That movie is like... We filmed a 30-minute car chase... Oh, we got to do a movie to lead up to this, so it makes no sense. And then they kind of did. <laughs> do you know what is weird to me? Like, there is they, no resolution in that movie. <laughs> no, but that they haven't remade Bullet. Bullet? It's the uh, the other well, car it, chase it, movie. It's, it's Gone in sixty mm-hmm. seconds. Bullet and French Connection yeah. are the like the three like we filmed car chases, and they're like these like twenty minute plus sequences right. of just the like, French Connection is easily the best of them. If I've I, seen all three. Uh, I like Bullet a lot, though. Bullet, Bull, is, Bullet, Bullet is a lot because it's San Francisco. <laughs> exactly. Just always, just like cars bottoming out off hills constantly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's the the famous thing with Bullet. His car loses five hubcaps. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, exactly. I'd say French Connection is like the, the best shot. Because it's in, it's in Manhattan and Brooklyn, and they're driving under the train tracks with the posts. That's that, awesome. That shit is crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gone in 60 Seconds is just gratuitous. Yeah. Which, I mean, so was the remake, though. <laughs> like, uh, no, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I watched those two movies. This movie. You want to you throw them on the list? I'll throw them on real quick. Wow. Um, just because... Machinist cause has to be low. Like, it's, it's just like... It, it, it reaches for such a low bar. I would put it right above London Has Fallen. Oh, because man. Because it succeeds London Has Fallen fails. Yeah, yeah. And, like, under London Has Fallen is Jason Bourne, which was boring. So... Probably the worst sin... A movie can... Yeah. yeah. Independence Day Resurgence? Uh, I'd rather watch that than... Um, the, the, the yeah, so there we go. Right above Genist. London Has Fallen. Yeah. Nailed uh, it. Mm-hmm. Gone in 60 Seconds. What was that weird 1960s movie that you watched the last time? I think it's below uh, that one. Yeah. Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, I would say below that. Mm. I might just put it below that, because I feel We Are Your Friends is pretty bad. Uh... This is, this is so bananas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this is, which movie are we talking about here? Gone in 60 Seconds, uh, the original. Yeah. I'm thinking... Mordecai. Just under Mordecai. Just under Mordecai? Yeah. Nice. Because that car chase, like, it's gratuitous. Yeah. Well, it's just like... And that's a good and bad thing. Is, is, there, is there a score? Yeah. It's got this kind of that, like that's the one. That's funky. one thing that, like, really sticks out. To me, in the uh, it's not as good as Vanishing Point in terms of score, though. That movie was like no, but uh, but Bullet had there's no score during the car scene, which like makes it a scene that's longer, kind of intense, but also yeah. more intense. It's just like but, but Bullet and like for like seriously half an hour almost, you're like, yeah. what is happening? But Bullet and French Connection both have plots that are, you know, good yeah, kind of. <laughs> their movie, their movie was. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I'm just saying, I'm, sh- I'm shocked, just like as, as a footnote, I'm shocked that they haven't remade Bullet. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, they didn't in the works. any of those. Did French Connection do well, the remake? It's French Connection 2. They made a sequel, right. which did well. But French Connection was, like, lauded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a classic. Yeah. Critical acclaimed. Yeah. Yeah. Not, just, not just classic, like, cult classic, like, nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. It, 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 it won awards. Yeah. Like, nominated or won? I'm not even sure. It might have won so Best you, Picture. So you locked it in? Below uh, Mordecai? Yeah. yeah. And then um, Princess Mononoke. Like, 
Yep, that's a good movie. And, and you said not for children. That is definitely not for children. <laughs> they uh, they shoot people's heads and arms off with arrows all the time, and um, people die horribly. Coraline, not as good as Coraline. What about Song of the Sea? Actually, just not also, as good as Song of, Song of the Sea is fantastic. I also rewatched so Princess Grace. Mononoke. I also rewatched Parts of Coraline uh, this weekend. It was super good, so good. It's not as good as Prisoner of Azkaban. That's a good movie. Maybe mm-hmm. above Arrival, under Ex Machina. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I I would I would kind of put Mononoke above Azkaban personally. I Azkaban mean, you is it, you saw it more recently. Azkaban right? is underrated. I like Azkaban. Azkaban is my favorite Harry Potter film. I just say Princess Mononoke is like art. Well, I think Arrival is the f- the basement. It's definitely better than that. John, what are you feeling? I would go a lot higher than you guys. I, I love Princess Mononoke. But be a lot higher. You hit Stand by Me and stuff like real fast. I would and go above Stand by Me with Princess Mononoke. I don't know. Mononoke has these parts where it's just laggy, and while there are some great themes that, that are, ex- yeah. there are some great themes that are explored. They don't always play out, mm. and there are some like nice reversals over who you think is the villain. Oh, but wait, she's actually taking care of all the women, yep. and she's giving them opportunity. And then smart. It's just. It also ends up muddying its own waters because of that. Yeah, it does. And then at the end, you're like, you're not even really sure who's who's won, who you're rooting for. Everyone's just, dead. Everyone's dead. It's kind of like an unsatisfying ending. But yeah. I think that was on purpose. Yeah, I think that was. That was I like, mean, like if you want to look a little bit above that, you get to Coraline, and Coraline is the opposite, where it's incredibly simple but very well, like perfectly executed. executed. Like I said, I, I watched I watched it yesterday. So, and would you put Mononoke above or below? I would I would put Mononoke below Coraline. Same, like just like I said, because it's like Coraline is like tighter. I will defer to your uh, and then recent watching, but man, Coraline has some weird shit in it too. Like super don't... cool, super cool. So we're saying above Azkaban or below Azkaban? M- my pick was you pick was below. I, I would put it above Azkaban. All right, let's put it right there between Funeral Kings and Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Cool, okay. cool. Interestingly, we don't have time to talk about Alien Covenant, which works out because I forgot to see it. Right. We'll talk about that next time. Tune in next week. Wait, wait, wait. I just wanted to get to uh, listener questions. Oh, listener questions. Yeah. Really? We don't have any. Do you guys even listen to this anymore? listening at this point. When we start rating the the 50-minute movies, people tune out. So you guys should send us some listener questions or, like, tell your friends about this amazing podcast. I have a listener question. When is Scott going to redo the homepage? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that wasn't really a question from the listeners. I mean, I'm I feel a like listener. you're cheating. That's Are you not true. That I'm not a you I'm definitely do not listen to the podcast. Definitely not a listener. I listen to <laughs> often. I like. I'll, I'll throw us on. I will admit that I listen to it, but that's because I edit it. Yeah. No, I throw us on in the background of work pretty often, like just to see. make your coworkers hear you talk when you're not talking. <laughs> just to hear how we're doing, to hear our flow. All it's those good. Things. People would be proactive. But yeah, don't forget to. Uh, share this podcast with your friends because we don't do any advertising or not really i mean we're gonna have like if you like listening to this because you've gotten through the full hour of it why not just tell somebody tell somebody (laughs) hey just us tell us so that we know i spent an hour doing this i can see the downloads but those aren't really listens maybe those those files just sit on someone's ipod that's right automatically downloaded to somebody's ipod and then never don't get me wrong i like that
this where it doesn't matter anyways. Look, if you're a fan of the show and uh, the site in general, uh, please take the time to like us on Facebook. We are number 9to5dotcc, 9to5.cc on Facebook. And uh, also follow us on Twitter. We're at sign number 9to5cc number on Twitter. So, uh, And also be sure to check back on the site for something on Mondays, probably. Uh, we have Zombies and Loathing After the Bomb usually on Tuesdays. We have a new comic in 9to5 Illustrated every Wednesday. A new podcast every week, usually on Thursday. It's either going to be a 9ES or a Go Plug Yourselves. And on Fridays, we have Fine Arts with either Sophie and Scott. And, uh, you know, maybe John will even uh, contribute one of his mega articles at some point, too. You can only hope. Alright, thanks. 9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening.